From the studios of Teeing It Up in the, in the uh, Swamps of Jersey. I'm not in Charleston. And Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up, presents the Sunday Sprint for week two of the National Football League season 2019. We welcome in Luke Morrow. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning. Um, all right. I don't want to talk NFL. Uh, you are the voice of the Citadel who ended up in one of the wildest games of the college football slate yesterday. Talk to the folks. Talk to the people. <laughs> yeah, it was a um, it was a historic win for the program. First ever against the ACC. Uh, first ever against Georgia Tech. Um, ninth win all time against the FBS. And then from a personal uh, perspective, uh, I think it was the most fun broadcast I've had uh, in my broadcasting career. I mean, it was a wild game. It was a lot of fun. It was exciting. They played well. Uh, it was a well-played game from start to finish. And um, just a great win for them and, and, and a, fun, a fun trip to Atlanta when you get a win like that. So congratulations to the Citadel. Uh, a historic victory for that program. I've not heard your calls. Did you see the timeout that Georgia Tech called on that touchdown at the end of the fourth quarter? I did not. No, we were reacting as if it was the winning score, which, you know, almost seemed fitting all along. Going into the game, I figured uh, the Citadel had a good, uh, a good shot to be a team like Georgia Tech. But, you know, when you're watching that game unfold, it was, you're almost waiting for the other shoe to, to drop. And there were plays throughout that fourth quarter that it seemed like, okay, Georgia Tech kind of getting it together. The Citadel took two leads. Georgia Tech would come back and tie it. And on that final possession, yeah, it looked like they were, you know, it's like uh, after that kickoff return and it was kind of like, well, you know, we were expecting Georgia Tech to, to get things uh, figured out and, and put it away. And that play happened and it was like, uh, here we go. And then when the referee came on to announce that the, it didn't count because the timeout was called, it was like, oh man, what a break. And uh, clock management was terrible by Georgia Tech. They had to settle for the field goal, go to overtime. I thought they did a terrible job in that two-minute drill, but uh, the Citadel benefited and, and, and what a win, what a game. As you are the voice of the Citadel, you obviously have inside access. You know the coaches, you know the players. And you told me earlier in the week, this game's going to be closer than people think. And 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 just watch out. You had faith in this team that it would not be one of these 52-3 type FBS versus FCS blowouts. Why did you think that way? Why did you feel that way? What is it about this team? Um, well, you know, it's the same team that, that took Alabama. It was 10-10, middle of third, and, and the Citadel missed a field goal last year that would have put them on top and, and could have really changed that entire game. Um, for one, uh, they're not intimidated by anybody being a military school. Uh, yesterday we saw Georgia Tech get a bunch of penalties for taunting and, you know, like unnecessary rough that sort of stuff, kind of trying to intimidate the Citadel and uh, the Bulldogs. They don't fall into that type of trap. Um, but to the option also, I mean, it shortens the game. You get fewer possessions, so it's hard to run away from teams. Uh, even FCS teams, uh, five of the last seven losses for the Citadel have been by, by one score uh, because you just shorten the game. You get nine possessions, uh, so even if you score on half of them, you know, every game is, is close, uh, even against FBS opponents typically. And then Georgia Tech, to me, they're just going through tra- a transition. Uh, if, there was, uh, any F- if there was any Power 5 program, that the Citadel could beat, I would put Georgia Tech up there for sure, as we saw yesterday. Uh, they were running the option. Now they're trying to go to a spread offense, but they have option recruits, so you know they don't have the bodies to run an option or a spread offense. And they use 65 guys, and they use three different quarterbacks, and they use offensive linemen on the defensive line. I mean, they're really going through a, quite the transition right now. So that was an opportunity for the Citadel to go in there and win. But yeah, Georgia Tech opened as a 
36 and a half point favorite and I've never bet on the teams I work for I really wish I put a lot of money on that because when I saw that number I was talking to people behind the scenes like, can, can you believe this that, that seems easy and 70% of the money was on Georgia Tech uh, they closed as a 27 point favorite yesterday 70% of the people bet on them if, if I did bet on the team I work for that would have been an easy bet to take the Citadel um, let me ask you this, Luke. You're the voice of the Citadel. That means for people who don't know this business, you travel with the team. Did you feel any kind of security threat getting back to the bus or to the airport or to whatever? Because let's face it, um, yes, it's a military school, but college fans don't care about that. That's one of the most shocking losses in Georgia Tech football history. Did, did you feel any kind of uh, were, were you nervous at any point now? You've got this amazing win. You pull it off in overtime with the field goal. Did you feel any kind of anxious or nerves getting back to the plane or, or bus? No, not at all. You know, more so actually last year when we lost to Alabama. It, it was Alabama uh, walking through the stadium of the crowd before and after the game. You truly felt like an outsider and an enemy and, you know, the fans gave you dirty looks. And they didn't really say anything, but... Yeah, you felt maybe a little threatened, even especially after the win. Um, they maybe talked a little trash on our way out of there. But with Georgia Tech yesterday, I think they were just so stunned and so frustrated with the loss and, and the direction of the program and so disappointed that uh, like they quickly turned off, within probably two minutes of the game ended, they turned off the, all the scoreboards, take the score off. Uh, people poured out of there. So by the time we left the stadium, it was empty. It was pretty odd. We, I mean, it was a it was a ghost town. We walked right down Sorority and Fraternity Row to get to where we had to go, and there was literally not a single person around. Uh, there was nothing going on. It was like the scene in Vanilla Sky where Tom Cruise is driving down New York City, and he's the only one on the road. Like it was really odd. Nobody around. Nothing around. And uh, I tweeted it out somewhere in the distance. Somebody or a place was blasting Pink Floyd's "Have a Cigar." So we're walking down empty Georgia Tech campus and have a cigar is blasting in the distance, and it just felt like the perfect moment after the Citadel upset Georgia Tech. Uh, my color analyst was called uh, an a-hole by a Georgia Tech fan while he was getting out of the stadium. Uh, that's about it. Otherwise, we'd even see Georgia Tech fans to try to, you know, threaten or, or be upset towards us. The, the place cleared out, and the, the entire campus was empty. Interesting. That's Luke Morrow, voice of the Citadel. Luke Morrow is also a Vikings fan. You faced the Packers today who rolled over Chicago last week. Um, these games are always close. It's a rivalry game. This is your one at home. How are you feeling? Uh, actually good. I'm feeling um, optimistic. Looking, looking forward to today's game. Excuse me. <clears throat> I, You're all choked well, up over the Citadel one. <laughs> yeah, you know, my voice hasn't fully recovered yet from yesterday's game. Uh, it, was, it was loud in there. This is why I'm doing the show today, and it's not two co-hosts. This is why I'm, like, taking charge. I'm trying to help you. You have to be on the radio tomorrow at 10 a.m. in Charleston. <laughs> yeah, you should never yell as a broadcaster, but it was really loud in there yesterday, and with the, the way that game was going, I want to listen. I haven't listened back. I'm afraid I may have gone over the two over the top when we won, so i got to listen back to it. But anyways, uh, excuse my voice. Um, yeah, the Vikings. <laughs> Do you need me to rant about the Jets' problems while you uh, uh, clear your throat? I think I'm okay. 
the Vikings are very optimistic that the Packers beat the Bears. Their defense looked good. Wasn't impressed with their offense with Matt LaFleur. And they're actually one of the few teams that statistically, that analytically got worse, the Packers did actually in the second half compared to the first half. So it wasn't like a team that looked like they were figuring things out. I mean, they took a step back in that game against the Bears, only scored 10 points. Uh, the Vikings have beaten Green Bay, I think it's four straight. They've beaten Aaron Rodgers, four straight games. And the Vikings looked really good last week, um, as I kind of anticipated. Now, they're going to try to run the football. They only threw it 10 times last week. So they're going to run Dalvin Cook into the ground, try to control the game, keep Rodgers off the field, football out of his hands. Um, but Mike Zimmer's defense has always done really well against Aaron Rodgers. I'm just not completely sold on the Packers yet. I think it'll be better than a year ago, but a lot of people were picking them to win 11 games in the division this year. And, and I don't know if I see that. Uh, I think the Vikings have the, the best roster in the division. And so I'm hopeful that they can go in there and, and start 2-0 and beat the Packers because I do think they are the better team. Um, for me with the Jets, Trevor Simeon takes over at quarterback Mono. For Sam Darnold, have you ever associated mono with with football at any level? And you've covered a lot, Luke. Have you ever heard of a player being out due to mono? Um, yeah, I'd probably have to go back to my high school days. Like maybe one of my friends couldn't play on the football team because of mono, but no, that's about it. Yeah, um, look, this is a team that's going to have to rely on Le'Veon Bell. They got a break when, when they found out that, that his shoulder issue was not an issue. The defense is missing C.J. Mosley. When you give up a 16-point lead like that, when you're dinking and dunking, you lose Quincy and Nunwa for the year. They were relying on Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder. Well, that's now obvious for every team. When you need a, t- a passing touchdown and a two-point conversion to Le'Veon Bell, I think that speaks volumes. They're going to have to use Ty Montgomery and more passing roles than they thought. And the kicking situation is still a mess. Now they go to Sam Ficken. Uh, the Browns just get run over by the Titans in shocking fashion in week one. Luke, I don't know what you think, but just as a football fan, um, I can't see the Jets winning this game. I, I really can't. And this just starts a really tough stretch for them, and I just cannot see them winning this game. Yeah, I'm with you, and I, I actually do feel bad for Jets fans like yourself because uh, I've been talking up all offseason. I loved what they did in the offseason. I liked their roster. I thought they could. I didn't. I didn't say playoff team, but I thought they could get the nine wins this year. Uh, now with Sam Darnold, who could be out, you know, people say Mono can affect you for for over a month. Uh, who knows how long it will be? And as you mentioned, look at the schedule. I mean, uh, the Browns. Anytime a team gets embarrassed, I like them the following week. Browns yep. embarrassed last week. Now they play on national TV. I like them even before Darnold's injury. Now I like them with Trevor Simeon. Then you get the Patriots, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Patriots again. I mean, this Jets team. They could start 0 and 6 after I thought they'd have uh, you know a, a winning season this year. So it's, it's unfortunate. For you Jets fans, with uh, the excitement and the moves made this offseason, and I really like this team, and now Darnold goes down and all the other injuries, and Le'Veon Bell's already banged up, and, and uh, it's almost like the, the season is already lost here in Week 2. Um, I just thought that Week 2 was a perfect week for us to change the format because of everything that happened yesterday with you. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay, so this means that for the first time in... Uh, Sunday sprint history, we're going to have to sprint. Are you ready to sprint? Are your legs okay after yesterday? Your voice may not be, but are your legs okay? I tell you, that's a big stadium. We had to do a lot of walking around, but I think I'm okay. Okay. So with that in mind, we're going to start sprinting. Let's go. And we're going to start with, and I had it, and I, I... I, I, I misplaced it. Here it is. Chiefs Raiders. The Antonio Brown mess is off the Raiders. They actually looked really good on Monday night. 
They now face Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They avoided an injury with Patrick Mahomes. This is this is a game that a lot of the Midwest and West Coast is going to get, and I really think it could be really close and really competitive. Uh, I'm going to disagree. I think the Chiefs handle business. I am curious to see how that Oakland offense looks, you know, and take two here against the Chiefs team that they're going to have to keep up with. I just don't think the Raiders' defense is good enough. And now and I'm curious to see Mahomes as well because he was banged up last week, as you mentioned. Obviously, no Kareem Hunt going back to last year. Now you remove Tyreek Hill. Uh, he's losing all his weapons. Uh, I want to see how good that offense does, but I think they'll be just fine. I don't think Oakland can keep up. I think the Chiefs go into Oakland and win pretty, pretty handily. Saints-Rams rematch of the NFC Championship game, rematch of the controversy at the end of the game. Um, I think the Saints take care of business, even though this game is in Los Angeles. I think the, the Rams are set for a setback, and I think with all this unfinished business, I just think the Saints, and it'll be high scoring, but I can say like a 41-24 type win for the Saints. Wow. I, again, disagreement. Uh, I think the Rams win. I just think the Rams are the better team. The Saints... Drew Brees isn't as good outside of the dome or outdoors. Uh, and the Texans with, um, what was it, Carlos Hyde that they just traded for and uh, Duke Johnson, who they traded for, ran all over the Saints Monday night. Now they have to worry about Todd Gurley uh, on the road and, and even the other backups that the Rams have. Um, the Saints, uh, they're just not as good of a team as the Rams to me. Rams are better at home than they're out, they are on the road. Saints are not as good on the road. Uh, plus, you have that call last year, maybe some lingering effects for the Ram, uh, for the Saints. who haven't seemed to be able to get over that. I think the Rams win at home. Okay, you think the Rams win at home. And that means that our fifth game is Eagles-Falcons, Sunday night football. Uh, did you like Carrie Underwood and Joan Jets waiting all day for Sunday night last week? I honestly didn't even watch it. Okay, that's your homework for this week, okay? All right. Okay. Uh, Eagles-Falcons, I really like this Eagles team. I, I, I just, I don't know why, I just think that they're... I think that this is Carson Wentz with an offseason when he was able to, to improve instead of rehab. They're, a, they're a, a really complete team, and that offense was really impressive last week. Um, I like the Eagles more than the Falcons for the year. But and I'm a comeback not- role, by the way. Uh, you know, they were down in that game and had to come back, and, and that, to me, shows impressiveness. Sorry, I just wanted to add that in there. Well, they were my survivor pick last week, so I was sweating it out for about three quarters there. Uh, and fortunately, they pulled it off. Um, but And I've never lost a week one, so I was really upset for a while. Uh, but I'm, I, I like the Eagles over the, the long haul this year, but I actually like the Falcons tonight. Again, going back to my theory about teams that get embarrassed, the Falcons were embarrassed last week. They played terrible all three phases. There's really no reason to feel good about Atlanta, except for the fact that I do think they will bounce back because of that performance. They're at home. Uh, Philadelphia, as you said, played really well in the second half. A little concerned about the first half. Maybe that was just the start of the season. But I, I like Atlanta at home. Uh, Matt Ryan plays much better at home than he does on the road like he was last week. National TV, Falcons were embarrassed. I think they bounced back. Uh, I think Atlanta gets the win. Uh, Eagles will be a better team over the course of the season, but I do think the Falcons win their, their home opener tonight. Luke, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Aww. Well done. You got that down from last week. All right, thank you. It only took two weeks. Your game of the day. Uh, game of the day. Uh, I'm going to say, I will say that Sunday night game, Eagles-Falcons. I'm very intrigued by those two offenses going up against one another. Saints-Rams. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, your sleeper game. I'm going to say Colts-Titans because that's the same up for grabs. 
it may become it may come down to those two teams. And those two teams, when they play each other, always seem to have battles. Uh, I think that'll be a good game. Colts obviously need need a win. Can't start on two. Same. I feel the exact same way. And um, also, I think the Titans are up for a letdown after the big win last week emotionally. Uh, your yeah. game. Uh, to watch golf during final round of a military tribute at the Greenbrier. Joaquin Neiman, 20 years old, trying to get his first PGA Tour win, leads by two. Ooh. There's a couple. The obvious one is, of course, the Patriots against the Dolphins. That's what I'll go with. Uh, the only saving grace may be that A, Patriots struggle in Miami, and B, maybe Belichick doesn't want to run it up against his former defensive coordinator, but the Dolphins are terrible. Patriots should kill him. Uh, Char- uh, that's the obvious one. The other one that I'll also point out just to be different is Chargers Lions. Chargers traveling to the to this time zone. Not a fan. Ah, interesting. Your Survivor game. Uh, well, I guess I just used it with the Patriots over the Dolphins. Uh, I was trying to not go. You know, I don't. I I got to make a pick for my Survivor pool, and I didn't want to burn the Patriots week two, but. I would say the Patriots, or I would even say the Chiefs. I'm not confident with Kansas City on the road at Oakland. Ravens. <laughs> I just don't know how good the Ravens are because the Dolphins oh. are so bad. But anyway, that's that's that. <laughs> Player to watch. Uh, let me say, I'm going to say, I'm going to go Homer. Kirk Cousins only had to throw the ball ten times last week. He's probably going to have to make some plays today to beat Aaron Rodgers. Ten? That's all he threw last week? Yeah, they won. They 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 were up twenty eight nothing, and he had ten passes on. What? That's crazy. I was crying at MetLife Stadium, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my player to watch today is Trevor Simeon. My dad thinks Trevor Simeon is the Jets' future quarterback, and that there will be a quarterback controversy when Sam Darnold's wow. healthy. <laughs> I don't know if I see that, but let's see how he does. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's my dad, not me. <laughs> Lou, congratulations on yesterday, and uh, thanks for joining us in the Sunday Sprint. My pleasure. It's been we, a fun weekend. Yes, we will see you all next week.